Hello and welcome. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about a very important rule of the game, which is you can't manage or improve what you are not measuring. And in this instance, we'll talk about measuring your marketing. Data-driven organizations thrive, my friends. So tune in, learn this rule so you can play to win. For more information on this episode or how to work with me, check out the show notes or visit betterinbusiness.global. You've tuned into Better in Business with Jeannie. As an award-winning strategic bookkeeper and business veteran, I am dedicated to helping entrepreneurs learn, grow and prosper. This podcast aims to challenge your thinking. If you're not thinking the right way, how can you act the right way? Each episode, we'll dive into key drivers of success, which I also call the rules of the game. Learn the rules, play to win. Let's go. I like to start every episode by reminding you that it is globally recognized that pillar one for the success of any business is up-to-date, accurate bookkeeping. If your books are not right up to date, tune into episode one, please. You can also get in touch with me if you'd like some help. On today's show, I'm talking to Darren Urquhart. Darren is a digital marketing expert with a focus on return on investment. Sounds logical, right? Yes, but marketing spend more often than not exceeds returns, which means it's money wasted. Darren is the owner and director of Rise Local, a marketing agency that drives leads to businesses with a focus on trades and services. Darren is obsessed with measuring marketing performance. Marketing must not be a cost, my friends. It must be an investment, which is what Darren is here to talk to us about. Welcome, Darren. Hi there, Jenny. How are you doing? I am very good, thank you. Today we are going to talk to you about measuring your marketing, uh, which I am really pumped about because I'm a massive advocate of this. In fact, many of my business buddies will ask me about certain marketing activities because I love I love marketing. And they might say, oh, I know you've made Google AdWords work for you before. Is that good? Should I do that? And I'm like, well... One of the things around that is, sure, it, it might work, but you need to work out what you are going to spend on it, for example. And then when you have worked out what you're going to spend, you need to work out how many clients you need to pick up to make that worthwhile, which is all relevant to your industry, hence the measuring. And then the other thing I talk about is an investment in marketing, is, I think, is two things at least, which is time and money. So for the time you put into it or end the money that you spend, what kind of results are you getting? Because everything's valuable, but I think you really have to work out the budget that's appropriate for each activity. So I just, yeah, I'd love to hear everything that you've got to teach us about measuring your marketing. Yeah, it, it ties in really well with bookkeeping and accounting too, because you know marketing can be one of those expenses where you, it can be very difficult to know how effective it's been and what it's done for you. Um, if you're a business buying materials or you're paying staff, you're paying rent, it's really clear where those expenses uh, go and, and what they achieve. But, but for marketing, it can feel like a bit of a black hole. So uh, I came across a, a large, well-established trades business recently. 
um, uh, who were spending $15,000 a month on their digital marketing. And most of that was going into Google Ads. But they had absolutely no idea how effective, uh, successful, or, or how, how ineffective their marketing was. And the reason was they weren't measuring anything at all. So for a business like that, and for most of the sort of businesses that we, we work with, um, what they really want from their marketing are leads and jobs. You know, whether it's a plumbing business or a solar installer, pest control business, a bookkeeping business, you know, whatever it is. Um, they want that constant flow of leads coming into, into their business. And those leads come in um, from their websites typically, uh, and people will call to, to ask for a quote or to book a job. Um, they might fill in a, a contact form on the website, they might send an email, or they might use the web chat function on a website. But if you're not measuring all of those contact points and then driving them back to Google Analytics so you know, you know where all your leads came from, then you've got no idea how your marketing's performing. So yeah, we found this business that was spending 100 and, what, 180 grand a year on, on digital marketing with absolutely no lead tracking in place. So that's one of our big, big bugbears, I guess, or one of the big things we focus on is when we bring a client on board, the first thing we do is get really rock solid lead tracking in place. So then they know, yeah, you spent $10,000 on Google AdWords and it brought in 100 grand of revenue. Or you spent 10 grand on Google AdWords and it brought in 10 grand of revenue and it completely failed. But either way, you know if it's succeeding or failing and then you can make your further marketing decisions based on that. Yeah, and I think that's the key, isn't it? Making the further marketing decisions based on that, not just set and forget. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't, can't manage what you don't measure. You know, you've got to measure uh, performance of your business and then you can actually manage it. You can decide um, based on data and based on actual reality what, what direction you've got to go in next. So that's true of things like Google AdWords. Uh, it's true of search engine optimization if you're doing that. I'd argue it's true of all, any social media activity that the business might be spending money on. And we're big, we're big too on, on measuring some other uh, attributes of any of the business, things like reputation and, and oh. the strength, strength of a brand. So yes, leads are really important to measure because that's where the, the rubber meets the road and that's where the money comes in from. But those more intangible things like reputation and brand are, are super important as well because you know, we know that the most successful, most profitable businesses are those with the best reputation. And, and businesses with good reputations get lots of repeat business coming in. They get lots of referral customers coming in. So measuring your reputation is, is critical, I think, for any service business. So we, um, yes. we, we provide a platform that, that gets feedback. On behalf of our clients, we get feedback from all of their customers. So if a plumbing client has been out and done a job at someone's home today, by the time that job's completed and marked as completed in their job management software, our reputation management system then kicks in and seeks a rating and feedback from every one of their customers. And then once you aggregate all of those ratings at the end of the month, you get this uh, a score called Net Promoter Score, which you're probably familiar with. Oh, yep, yep. And, and we track Net Promoter Score from month to month. And if there's a sudden dip, you know, in one particular month, there's a sudden drop in Net Promoter Score, that alerts the business owner to a potential problem. And then we dive into the feedback that's been received from customers 
and we discover that you know a handful of clients have been complaining about one particular technician or or some other problem. The problem might be around pricing, it might be around quality, whatever it is. But it acts mm. as a, an, an early warning system for the business owner, so they can address any issues. That alone is just massive, isn't it? Like this ability for us as you know bookkeepers it's kind of easy because most people we engage with end up continuing to use our service for a long time so then at some point it's easy enough to say would you mind telling everyone what you think of us online but when this is what I see in these um, field-based job um, industries like trades for example uh, where Sure, there'll be repeat business, but it's not set up as recurring. This opportunity to get the feedback is missed. And Darren, I would I tend to also call that results-based marketing. Would that be on the money or would you say that's something different? Yeah, I think results-based is, is one phrase you could use for it. Uh, data-driven marketing is, is, is another phrase, mm-hmm. I guess, used in, in the industry. But you know, I guess for a business owner, you know, we, we live in this world, this digital marketing world, this digital world we all live in, where things are so much more measurable now than they used to be when, uh-huh. you know, not that long ago when, uh, you know, people would look up the yellow pages to find a, a solution to whatever problem they've got. And it was very difficult to measure. But now we can measure things and we don't have to pursue marketing strategies based on intuition or, you know, some the creative genius of a marketing agency people or whatever it might be. It's all... It's all driven by actual data, you know, what's what's working and what's not, and let's put some numbers to it. Um, let's understand what results or, or what goals a business is looking for, you know, what are they actually aiming for, and let's measure marketing performance against those goals. So I think for any business owner, that's really the key. Know what the goals are for your, your marketing. Insist that whoever's doing your marketing provides you with the information you need to measure performance against your goals. Yeah, and data-driven organisation, you and I have spoken about this before um, and that the organisations that you see succeed are data-driven organisations. And more broadly, I couldn't agree with that more because you're talking today about measuring your marketing so that you can manage it in all parts of your business because we see a lot of business owners focusing on generating revenue without paying attention to their financials, whereas what they really need to do can feel quite boring and heavy. They need to look at the data in the financials, right, in the same way. So, for example, the productivity of their um, team. So let's say they're a plumber and they've got a team, you know, what kind of productivity are they getting to give them a certain amount of cost of sales and therefore a gross profit and net profit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that data-driven organisation applies really broadly yeah yeah i think it does and we talk about we speak with our clients about their goals and really that starts with the conversation they have above that which is um a very own business vision you know where are they actually going with their business you know what's their five-year plan or their three-year plan or their one-year plan whatever it might be and that stuff's often teased out with a, a business coach then they need to figure out what their their profit and loss statement and, and balance sheet is going to look like down the track, and and they'll work with their bookkeeper or strategic bookkeeper um, on those numbers. Mm-hmm. And then they can put they can put together a growth plan which says you know we want to grow by twenty percent, thirty percent, eighty percent, you know whatever the number is. And to achieve that, we need to increase revenue by a certain amount. 
And to increase that revenue, we need more customers. They can break that down to how many more customers a year they need. And then yeah. at that point, that point, we can step in and say, okay, to get that many customers, how many leads do you need? And to get that many leads, what does your marketing plan and strategy need to look like? So rather yeah. than saying, you know, we've got a marketing budget of X or, or asking an agency, what should my budget be? I think it's makes a lot more sense for a business owner to start with what's their overall business strategy just put some numbers to the actual goals what is your profit line going to look like what's your revenue line going to look like how many customers do you need and what does that mean for for inquiries and leads and and then make that the goal for your marketing agency i love that because it's really easy to say oh we need more revenue but I think the data-driven way to sit down and say, well, actually, we want this many more customers and therefore we need this many more leads and then we can actually look at the activities that will bring us that. And I know you and I have spoken before about the holistic approach you take where, um, you know, you listen to the client and you, you listen to the answer to these questions so that you can say, well, you know, have you considered that you don't need that many more clients? Like in my bookkeeping practice, for example, currently we've probably got capacity and, and then another business might say we've got capacity for 30 clients a month or whatever it is. But sometimes it's easy. I think business owners race off and spend a fortune on an activity that realistically might generate more business than they can even handle. So again, data-driven, data-driven. If you know the old Abe Lincolns give me sixty hours to chop down a tree, and I'll spend right. the first four hours sharpening the axe. Yeah, I'm really hoping that we're challenging business owners' thinking here around how they approach this stuff. You don't just need more revenue; you need plan, and you need to understand what more revenue looks like. And we do need to make sure that profit is plopping down the bottom because. Too often we see more revenue with zero profit. So please consider that. Darren, I'd love it if you would share a story, a success story. Yeah, we've got quite a few. Um, I can share one that's written up on our website. Um, the case study is a bit out of date now, so I can I can bring that up to date here. A company called Fluid Plumbing, um, based on the Central Coast of New South Wales. Uh, we started working with them, well, six, seven years ago now um, when they had five or six vehicles on the road, five or six plumbing technicians out on the road. And they're now up to, I think, close to 50 vehicles on the road. Uh, they service the Central Coast, Newcastle, Hunter Valley, and have just uh, expanded into the Canberra market as well. And that's a great example of a, a business owner who really does start with a plan in mind, uh, a clear strategy. He's got a business coach that he works closely with, and they put hard numbers together for what they're trying to achieve in a given year. Um, and that feeds down all the way through their business. You know, you, you mentioned capacity and if for a lot of, I think for all businesses in Australia at the moment, and particularly for trades, one of the great constraints on growth is, is people, being able to hire people. Sure, we can deliver 20% year-on-year growth, but if you can't get the staff to handle the extra jobs, then it's, it's all for nothing. So, so getting that plan in place, knowing how you're going to find the people, you're constantly looking for people if you intend to grow quickly. Um, all of that's really important. And then we just ask our clients to point us in the right direction. Tell us what your lead target is. And we'll look at where you are now. How many leads are you getting now a month? Where do you need to be? And then what's the best strategy to get you from A to B? So for them, they've grown substantially. You know, that's that's really big growth to get from five people to, to 50 people on the road. And uh, we did that through a combination of 
running Google Ads ad campaigns uh, and you know, fanatically measuring the performance of those campaigns, yeah, particularly in the early days. But then also working on that SEO piece. You know, if you can rank organically on Google and not have to pay Google 5 10 20 $40 a click every time someone comes to your website, um, once you start ranking organically, your return on investment really goes through the roof. You know, it, it's a big change. So a lot of SEO work for those guys, fanatical focus on reputation. So they've been measuring net promoter score for many years now. They have thousands of testimonials and um, Google reviews. Uh, and that's all proof, you know, real proof of, of the quality of the service they deliver. And, and finally, building that brand, you know, just making that brand the number one, the strongest brand in their markets. And, uh, and that's done through just repetition of exposure to the brand name and the message. You know, they've got lots of vans out there all the time, lots of vehicles with signage on them. So, so they are very visible on the road in, in, in their market. Um, we run display ads for them. So we won't run ads for them across the Google display network. These are image and video based ads. And we'll run ads for them across Facebook and Instagram. They'll see one and a half, two million ad impressions a month. And what that means is over time, their brand strength has increased. And we measure brand strength by looking at how many times their brand is searched each month. So even though you might decide you're going to use fluid plumbing um, and they're your plumber and you're going to call them to come in and, and fix a hot water system, um, you still go to Google and type in fluid plumbing because we don't tend to keep anyone's phone numbers anymore. You know, we don't, uh-huh. we don't, we don't have those numbers sort of filed away. So a really nice proxy, a, a way of measuring brand strength is to say, well, how many times was my brand searched this month? How many times did people type fluid plumbing into Google? And we measure that over time. And now their, their brand name search well over a thousand times each and every month. And they're people that have already decided these are the guys I'm using. You know, you're not in a competitive environment anymore. They're not choosing between you and three other businesses. They've already decided to use you. So that's how we've done it. That's how we've helped them achieve their goals. Um, they run a really good business. They've got a great culture and uh, it's a real pleasure to work with them. Yeah. So, and I'm a big one for saying play the long game, right? What kind of time, like I assume you met them a long time ago. How long have you been working with them to give us all an idea of um, the time frame of their rise, so to speak. Yeah, it's been six or seven years of working with those guys. And yep. we've we got other clients that we've been with for, well, very recently, you know, less than a year through to they're probably our longest serving client at the moment. But the thing that particularly with SEO, and that, that that's the core service that we provide, it really does build, it sort of compounds over time. You know, it is like compound interest. Yep. You know, and you used to be able to throw money into a, an account and, get 5% or 6% or whatever it used to be um, on your on your money. And that would just build and build and build over time on its own. And SEO is a bit like that. It compounds over time. So it is playing the long game. You know, it's really important to find for a business owner to find a marketing agency that they can play the long game with because it does have a compounding effect and you really want to take advantage of that. And, you know, one, two, three, four years down the road, you're going to see results that you wouldn't get by bouncing between agencies, you know, every 12 months. Yes, because one thing I often um, try and educate business owners to know about, I guess you call it the customer journey, is that when somebody comes into your um, brand sphere, I also call it, let's say they pick up, you know, I don't really like the phrase lead magnet, but let's say lead magnet, they might buy tomorrow, but they might also just 
buy in a year or they might tell some friends even that they don't buy. So there's all these as you attract people to your brand, if they're finding it valuable for whatever reason, then um, it's just building the momentum, I think, is a is something that is undervalued, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think providing value, a lot of business owners struggle with this idea of well, what value can I provide outside of you know, what we do, our core service. Um, but there's always value that, that can be provided. And it can be things like um, what we look, what we focus on is, is blog posts for our clients, but really not just writing them for the sake of writing them or throwing up a blog post because you think it'll help you rank on Google or whatever. Um, really posting useful stuff. You know, every business owner and every business is an expert in some field, whether it's plumbing or solar or bookkeeping or, or whatever it might be. And part of our job is to tease out that expertise and to get it written down and get it posted online as a blog post typically, and then promoting the hell out of it, you know? And um, if we write a post on, you know, tips for the best hot water system for, for homes in the Gold Coast, and homeowners go and look at that blog post and it's, and it's written with no sales incentive in mind. It's not there to sell mm. the client services. It's a genuine look at different hot water systems from the eyes of a, of a professional who deals with them each yeah, and wow. every day. So that that type of thing, and you can expand that out to solar businesses talking about different panels and solar batteries and EV charges and all sorts of things. And a lot of business owners just don't realise the wealth of knowledge they've got in their own heads. And, and part of our job is to tease that out and, and get it onto the screen. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't think business owners um, really see the mountain of value that they're standing on. Um, yeah. So the next thing I'd just love to talk about. We talked about the value of planning and being data driven. Um, now, in terms of you know, I was uh, working with a client a while ago. The way that I helped them to make profit was actually to stop doing a lot of work. <laughs> right. So. You know, the the planning phase, and yet he thought the way to make profit was to go and win more work, yeah. and I established he actually needed to stop doing a certain amount of work where he was losing um, profit on jobs. So starting with the plan, and we can absolutely help with that. So my audience knows where to find me, and uh, we've got lots of ways to, even no-cost ways, we've got no-cost ways and diagnostic tools that will help you to do some planning and then of course you know there's more beyond that but I think first and foremost make sure your numbers are up to date and accurate because you can't be data driven if the data is not there and unfortunately your bank account is not your data <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not um, your business performance so once you do that and when I work with business owners in that way what I find we can do also is we can look at trends you know what I mean like let's say you're looking at the revenue and it either stable or it's going up and down and we can ask questions once you've got the data and the answer to a lot of questions um including things like you know how you find out how is quality going like are we getting any complaints because we don't really want to go to market and bring on more clients only to get a poor net promoter score so hopefully everyone's starting to see the value in some planning so please feel free to reach out and talk to me about how my team and I might help you with that planning. Once that's in place, this is where we love to connect you with um, what I call remarkable resources, people like Darren. Uh, the reason I love Darren is just because he does take a holistic approach. It's not just, yay, let's do some things. Um, 
you know, marketing agencies should be accountable to the ROI. And Darren starts by talking to you about it. So it's why I value him. What are your top tips beyond getting your data in order and making sure you're ready? What should they do if they are going, whether they're going to come and work with you or not? What are the steps involved? Because you really outlined in the last one. So you said Google Ads, SEO, reputation. You talked about capacity. Brand was fascinating what you told me about that. I mean, that's all amazing information. What are the steps you think they should take next? Should they just contact you? Should they send things they should do? Yeah, it could be contacting us, but probably the step before that, if I look at all of our highest performing clients, you know, the, the people that are running substantial businesses and still growing at 20, 30% a year. So there's a lot of balls, it's like a juggler keeping 20 balls in the air. And for a business mm. owner, there's a lot to handle, uh, especially if you're growing, because I mean, just hiring people and training people and getting your vehicles kitted out or whatever it might be, just that alone is a, is a major, major task. And you've got to maintain your quality and the quality of service and all the rest of it. So I say you've got to get an A team in place. Before you even talk to an agency, make sure you've got your business coach or strategic bookkeeper in place and they help you really nail down your profit and loss. You know, um, start with a profit target and then work back up the P&L to revenue uh, um, and look for those opportunities to, to cut cost in there. Avoid that profitless growth that you, you mentioned, Jenny. Have a, yeah, a, a strategic bookkeeper or business coach. Think often a sales trainer as well. Think any business is in sales and, and having your customer facing people uh, trained up in sales technique is really important. You can spend bucket loads of money on marketing and we can pour lots of leads into your business. But if anywhere in that process, people, that the process is breaking down and they're not converting into jobs, then you've wasted all your marketing money. So I think a good sales trainer is really important, an important part of the A-team. And then you get your marketing agency in, right? You've, you know what your goals are. You're ready to start selling and, and team members who are customer facing know how to sell. Then you speak to your marketing agency and start talking um, from the from the perspective of goals. Here are our business goals. What can you guys do to ensure we hit those goals? And how will we measure your performance, you know, marketing agency people, against our goals? And uh, and you really want to hear the agency talk very much about measurement, you know, call tracking, uh-huh. form tracking, and, and so on, all the things we touched on at the beginning of this conversation. So yeah, that's your A team. Uh, I think the clients who do the clients of ours who have got the best performing businesses have all of those pieces in place. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is the thing I see a lot of um, business owners go to agencies that don't talk measure; they talk spend, and then mm. there's there's none of that. And then a bit like you said, so I see a lot of okay, we spent ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, whatever we spend. And they, did you get a result? Yeah, I, I think so. I think we've got some clients. Right. And I've had this, you know, in recent times where I say, okay, and against my advice from time to time, clients have gone and thrown money at agencies and then they've fessed up. <laughs> and they said, Jeannie, I, I did it anyway. And I say, mm-hmm. so let's look at the return on investment. So you got that client. Yep. And then let's re- take away the cost of sales. Yep. So that was your revenue. Yeah, and that's how many clients. So you spent way more. Yeah. Right, right. And yes, right. So see that and and I'm the one left trying to have the measuring conversation. Um, so I think 
I'm definitely trying to hammer this home that when you do your due diligence on an agency, uh, and I'm big on due diligence on marketing agencies, try and get them to make sure they're making the right noises, you know, measuring return on investment. And I loved what you said about A-team because I meet business owners who are putting up with B-teams and I get it. We've all been there. We've all put the people-pleasing manager hat on and copped the excuses like, you know, whatever it is, this person said they can't do this. And, you know, I just I understand. When I look at the, and you might find this too, Darren, so when I compare the highly successful entrepreneurs with the ones that are so good at what they do, the technical work, but they're struggling to find success with a team, mm. leadership and management, true leadership and management. And so I'll definitely do a couple of personal podcasts on those ones. And I'm always challenging myself to step up as a leader and a manager. Um, and I think zero tolerance and, and sweating the small stuff, so critical. So not a B team, an A team. And James Wedmore, he challenges us. So he gives us a bit of a knock across the head and he says, if you've got a B team, you're a B leader. And sometimes the best thing someone can give us is honesty. So I love that you said A team because I think it's important to pause and just reflect on those as well. Yeah, and and even worse than not having a, even a B team is imagining you can do it all yourself and that you don't need a business coach or a strategic yeah. bookkeeper or you don't need sales training or you don't need an agency. Those businesses, and, and you know, we come across them reasonably regularly, they tend to hit a ceiling. You know, there's a spot where the business owner can just, he can practically muscle the business or she can muscle the business to, mm. to a certain level. Then they hit a ceiling and if they don't pull in the outside help they need, they just get stuck there. Um, and no amount of marketing smarts can overcome that. So, yeah, being willing to say, oh, I can't do it all. You know, I, I've got a certain set of skills and I do this in my own business. I know what my, my, I've got a certain set of skills, but I've got a business coach who comes in and, and I chose him especially to fill the gaps that I know I've got. You know, his, his strengths are, are cover up my weaknesses and and that helps any business grow. So, yeah, not don't imagine you can do it all yourself, but, but get that A-team in place. Definitely, definitely. Look, I, I see that all the time and jack of all trades, master of none. Sometimes a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing, right? Huh. Right, yeah. And look, it's you know, some people, it's a personality thing too. Um, some people are very good at, at saying, oh, I don't know the answer to this and, and we'll go and ask others. But others have, other people have a real difficulty with that. So, yeah, there are certain psychology things that we can't fix from our end. But I, I know that when we're talking to a, a business who might become a client, one of the first things I ask them is, do you have a business coach? Uh, do you have a strategic bookkeeper or an accountant that you speak to regularly? Because they're the ones that we end up doing our best work with. Uh, the business owners who imagine they can do it all themselves will eventually hit a ceiling that we just can't get past. Yeah, definitely. Build a team around you. And if um, a couple of tools for that, Wealth Dynamics, if, if our audience wants to Google that, the disc assessment um, and finding out those kind of things. So I'm really massive on building teams and I have a great couple of teams and I build them with psychometrics in mind so that they complement me rather than are like me. So nobody on my team has my profile. (laughs) We only need one of me. And my right-hand marketing strategist is like that got the opposite profile. In fact, all of their profiles are a little alike because they all work really well with me. So I think 
there's a lot of mistakes that can be made around team, one of which is I'll hire someone just like me. Um, yeah. We definitely can help with that. If anyone reaches out, that's some, a part of what we do. But, yeah, I just I love that, Darren, you're all about the power of the team and working as part of the solution because so many marketing agencies want to pretend that they will get you to spend on money, spend money, generate revenue, and it'll be the whole solution when it's not. Right. Yeah. So if anyone is listening to this and thinking, I think I want to take the conversation further, what is the best way to either work with you or get in touch with you or get a taste of what you do? Sure. Um, riselocal.com.au is the website, riselocal.com.au. Uh, go to the contact page and from there you can book a call with me if, uh, if you'd like to jump straight to that. To get a taste of what we do, we've got a, a growth tips section on the website. From there, you can um, use a bunch of free tools. Uh, we have a, a free SEO audit, if that's something of interest. Um, we've got a bunch of different posts, uh, blog posts there on all sorts of things like click fraud and Google uh, AdWords, uh, reputation management brands, all the things we've been discussing. And uh, you can get a flavor of what we do by signing up to the newsletter. Amazing. Dan, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. For more information on this episode or how to work with me, check out the show notes. If you'd like to know how I can help you do better in business, you know where to find me, betterinbusiness.global. See you in the next episode.